This podcast is offered by the San Francisco Zen Center on the web at www.sfzc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. I want to thank you for taking the time this moment to honor life and this life. And I am looking forward to the possibilities of this circle this evening. So, um, my throat is filled with a lot of tears and um, of course around senseless murders, especially the most recent of George Floyd of that I know and many, many others. And uh, my tongue is weighed down with rage, um, but still I must practice. Uh, my belly is swollen with holding, and still I breathe for those who cannot breathe. And my heart is overflowing. And so therefore I am grateful for the continuous circle of practice, which um, Dogen called Gyoji Dokan. Gyoji Dokan. A continuous circle of practice that began with ancestors, yours and mine. Even the moon is an ancestor. It was here before you. The earth, the planet itself is an ancestor. All of these things were here before any of us were born. So we will walk with all that was here before us today and tonight, this evening. And I'm inviting you to walk with me. So we will begin with um, breathing, then listening, then breathing. So there'll be, there's going to be like a, a mandala created. So rather than separating the breathing and then talk, we're going to integrate it, create this mandala with no gap, a continuous circle of practice. So we'll have small breathing, silent breathing and listening, and silent breathing and listening. And so um, hopefully in the end, we will have created a beautiful um, mandala between us through our energy tonight. And simultaneously, expressing the truth in this uh, practice and truth of our lives in this world. So, um, you know, get comfortable. I hope you're comfortable where you are. And uh, imagine we are all walking together uh, in a circle around an altar. And so you're walking, and when you come, Thich Nhat Hanh always says, we bring our friends, our community, our families. We bring everybody with us because they're inside of us. Our ancestors, they are us. They're in us. So when we're in this circle, we're uh, moving around the altar and moving with them. So even though we're sitting still, I want us to imagine we are moving our bodies uh, so that our bodies and not just our minds are included in making um, this mandala this evening. 
and um, I'll just guide you through. And if you come along, and we'll definitely talk about how continuous practice is related to the times. So again, I wonder what are the possibilities of this circle today? I wonder what are the possibilities? So I will ring three bells to start the breathing, but we're breathing and walking, so just imagine it. So, and um, keep your eyes closed or at a glance or whatever way brings you into your inner world so that you can listen to the words and breathe at the same time. Okay. So here we go. And do three bells to start breathing and walking. And just feel whatever you are feeling. This is a time to be our human selves. Taking one step at a time. In the silence.
So keep breathing, walking in this circle. The mandalas has been created with that energy our time together. I will not ring an end bell now. We'll in, ring that at the end. We're going to do Zazen throughout this mandala making. A continuous pattern between our practice and each other. The Buddha said, when the morning star appeared, I attained the way simultaneously with all sentient beings and the great earth. When the morning star appeared, I attained the way simultaneously with all sentient beings and the great earth. Now that one statement, that one teaching right there is about continuous practice. It's about what is going on now. And I'll talk about that more a little later. But when the morning star appeared, he attained simultaneously the way with all sentient beings and the earth. Some magic, huh? Some magic. There was no gap. And he had aspirations as any human being would. And his aspirations led him to awakening and beyond awakening. And he had to go around. He had to go in a circle. He had to walk around. He had to dokan, a continuous life, everything happening at once. So everything was happening at once. The moment he sat down, then everything happened. The possibilities of awakening and beyond were as soon as he sat down. Soon as he had an aspiration and he sat down to practice that aspiration. Simultaneously, everything came to view. So let's keep walking together and breathing. And notice your racing mind and um, the stillness of your body or um, how still your body wants to be and can't. It doesn't matter, just notice. What is this continuous practice and what does it mean? Is it interrupted by the things uh, that happen in the world? Or is that are the things in the world the continuous practice? Well, we could ask Wei Ming. So Wei Ming, uh, mentioned last uh, week, is an ancestor of continuous practice. The sixth ancestor of the teachings. Well, this ancestor was mugged in the mountains. Yep. Mugged. And because of envy, he was robbed of his, his bowls and um, his robe by another monk. 
It was jealous of him. And that mugger later became Wei Ming's disciple in cyclical time, in cyclical time. So at the moment Wei Ming was mugged, was it the moment the mugger awakened? We don't know. Did George Floyd's murder awaken to Floyd's continuous life? In the moment, did he awaken simultaneously? We don't know. Did we awaken to continuous practice when we heard of the tragedy of the murder of George Floyd? We don't know what is happening simultaneously. It was a horror. It was cruel what we heard, what we saw. But simultaneously means at once with no gap. Things are occurring in our lives. We don't know what is coming alive in the senseless murders and what is coming alive in a disease that is out of our control. And what is coming alive in a leadership that is struggling with its own actions? What is coming awake in all living beings at the same time without a gap between our continuous lives, individually and collectively? What is coming awake right now? Let's keep walking together here and breathing and noticing that the continuous practice is now and was then when you learned of the murder, when you heard of the protests. And perhaps you, you um, paid attention to it because Continuous practice begins with aspiration. And so all of us have an aspiration for a better world, for a better life, even maybe just for ourselves, but it's still an aspiration. So I asked myself, what is an aspiration in such craziness as we are experiencing today? Is there a gap between what appears crazy and what is awakening in us. Is there a gap between what appears crazy and what is awakening in us? Maybe we only aspire to just breathe. And maybe when we are just breathing, we are simultaneously awakening to the nature of life and we see things and hear things that hurt, uh, that can cause suffering or confuses us. I'm confused. I am suffering. I'm hurt. And 
simultaneously because of this continuous nature of life, I'm awakening to the nature of this life at the same time, at the same time of the pain. And I've reflected on this time quite a bit and most times I'm speechless. It's very hard to even write these words. But perhaps with all the torment of these times, we simply are coming back to the body over and over again. And this is why I wanted us to breathe and walk like a, a body of beings this evening in a circle, physically expressing continuous practice. And you must be in your body to walk, be in your body to breathe, you know. And so these things that are this torment and suffering, um, for me especially, bring me back to the body over and over again. It brings me back to what needs to be attended to, um, such as the uh, many deep-rooted places of hatred based on appearance, uh, be that race, gender, sexuality, etc. So we're coming back to what needs to be attended to. And right now it's our deep-rooted places of hatred. We talked about love, we want harmony, we want peace, and still simultaneously, we must come awake to the hatred based on appearances. But we're also coming back to the greater body of this earth and how we care for it or not. So we're also coming back to the greater body of this earth and how we care for it or not. We're coming back to the Dharmakaya which is the unconceivable wisdom, compassion, and patience that we all want. It's, but it's un, inconceivable. I said unconceivable. Inconceivable wisdom, compassion, and patience. Coming back to that, which we can't even imagine. We want to imagine what's next. We want to imagine. But we're in that place that we cannot even ourselves, we don't even have the capacity to say what is next, to say even what is now. Because in the Dharmakaya, the body of the Dharma, the body of continuous practice is inconceivable. We can talk about it. We can try to do Dharma talks about it as I am doing now. But still, there's this place that cannot be touched by human beings. It only can be lived. This practice can only be lived and walked and experienced in this world. Not in our minds, but in our bodies. The question is, can we remain long enough in the dark unknown to discover what is being asked of us on our walk of continuous practice? So are we looking back and saying, oh, I know how to do that because I've been doing this for 30 years, 10 years, seven years, five years? Or can we walk in the dark unknown at this time and not even know our practice to discover what it is 
and what is being asked of us of our practice. That this practice began long before we were born, any of us, unless there's someone in the audience that's 2,500 years old. But no one, no one was here when this began. So we don't know, I'm, I'm inviting you to keep this door open at this time, to keep the, the possibilities this evening and the possibilities tomorrow and the possibilities on and on. Each moment of the commitment to sit, what are the possibilities? Simultaneously in the midst of disease and hatred, we are aspiring, practicing, and being awakened. Simultaneously in the midst of disease and hatred, we are aspiring, practicing, and being awakened and beyond. Awakened to what? We want to know what we're being awake to. Well, I'm woke to that. I understand hatred. I'm woke to that. I understand racism. I'm woke to that. I'm, I can see what's happening with the police. Is that the awakening? Perhaps and perhaps not. I think we're in the middle of it all, so we don't quite know what we're awakening to. Right now, I can only speak of what the teachings have presented. Gyoji Dokan. I can only listen to the silence in my sitting. That is not quiet at all. I'm not talking about that kind of silence. Be quiet, keep your mouth closed, silence. But the deeper silence that's mysterious, that can only be reached over time. And when it is reached, it is the silence of the great earth and it's the silence of the body. We are inherently still and silent. George Floyd is inherently still and silent. He was. Breonna Taylor, inherently still and silent and peaceful. These experiences are with us and happening simultaneously. And for me, I've been able to reach those experiences through a continuous practice. There are other ways, I'm sure. This is not the only way, but that's the only way I can speak of tonight, is that way. And um, a friend of mine says, yeah, and you work with the ancestors. And I do, we all work with the ancestor. We chant the ancestors in the Zen Center. We, we talk about Buddha, the great, great one ancestor we love. So this is an ancestral practice. It's old, it's continuous. From time on, time on, time on. George Floyd said, I can't breathe. His life was coming to an end as he knew it on this earth. That moment for him was as uncontrollable 
as the virus called COVID-19. This last moment uh, were cruel moments. Very cruel. And yet the way his life ended on this earth sounded as the maybe the loudest ever wake up bell on this planet. The ending of his life on this earth was the loudest so far wake up bell on this planet. And it continues to awaken the world of cruelty and disregard so that we may change, so that we may take a steps in this mandala as we are walking. Let's stop and take a breath here. As we are walking. What are you awakened to? What do you see? Continue walking and breathing. Did George Floyd know he was a part of an awakening in his death, in his dying? Did George Floyd or the police know they were part of a great turning towards who we are as people? No. So we can't assume now what we are coming awake to because we don't know. 
And this is the time of I don't know. And a continuous practice includes that, not knowing, not really understanding everything, but living and walking until something is revealed. What was simultaneously happening to you when you heard of the tragedies or watched the protest or whatever you were doing? If you didn't do any of those things, what was simultaneously happening for you as the world is going by? You might assume some things are happening. You know there's some kind of awakening, but you're quite, not quite sure what it is. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Someone may take your life and the chances are higher for those whose lives are not valued. And the virus, they'll take anyone's life valued or not, right? When George Floyd was dying, what was simultaneously happening to your aspirations? Where were your aspirations? Did they dissolve, fall away as if they never existed? And what about your practice? Did it disappear and you began to be clueless about what to do? Do you trust your aspirations or your practices? Do you trust, what do you trust? What do you value? It's okay to feel, to take the time to feel, rather than jump into the understanding. Rather than waiting for a teacher such as myself to tell you, this is what we should do. If you're in the emotion, be in the emotion. In the emotion. Dogen believed in the spiritual importance of emotion. You know, he was a poet, and that's why I loved him so. I really loved Dogen's teachings. Since he was a poet, he was a writer, and he struggled with being a writer and a monk. Same struggles I have. You know, do they go together? Must, you know, you have to use your mind a lot. And one of his uh, favorite forms of poetry was called waka style. There's many styles. We always know haiku or hoku, as it was called, but waka style was one of his favorite. That's 31 syllables. Um, and he wrote this about the importance of emotions. It's very simple. It sounds like he's not talking about anything. Crimson leaves, whitened by the seasons, first snow. Is there anyone who would not be moved to celebrate this in song? Crimson leaves, whitened by the season's first snow. Is there anyone who would not be moved to celebrate this in song? Talking about loss and grief. And that is part of that continuous practice. It's part of it. It's in there. 
So I'd like to invite the poet spirit of Ehe Dogen to this circle we are walking tonight, this evening. Let's walk with his continuous practice and that of Wayne and that of the many, many uh, Zen masters of every gender. There are many, many Buddhas of every gender. And we were walking with them this evening. And that's what I trust. That's what I know and I feel it and I understand it. I'm, I'm not confused when I'm there. That's not to say I don't get confused because I'm not always there. And so I invite the poet spirit of you into this circle so that you can, with few words, the most fewest words, or maybe a lot, sometimes I write very long things, to inquire about this life. Inquiry is very important to aspiration. You must continue through continuous practice to always ask, what is this life? We know that question. What are my aspirations? Do I trust my practice? What is going on in my life? So I'm going to read this one um, poem that I wrote about breathing. I had a chance to read it earlier today to another circle. I'd like to read it in this one. And then I'm going to open up for questions and answers but do not put them in yet. Do not unmute. Sit and listen. May you come back to your breath. May you come to know your body as the earth itself. May you breathe yourself back home. May you once again be introduced to this great life. Where there is hatred, may the great light of this earth surround you. May you be released from past harm and imposed hatred. May you come to recognize your existence and the true nature of life. May you come back to the breath, to the body, as a sacred place in which you remain awakened to the fragrance and taste of freedom. When there is harm, may you remain visible on the path of spirit for the inconceivable, the unsurpassable, and be seen and heard. Let the love you give be returned tenfold. May awakening be known in your body at this time. 
and when you can't breathe, may you breathe in the next moment. May you say, I can breathe. So let's breathe for those right now who can't. And I have one more thing I'd like to read to you. You may have read it in Lion's Roar, but tonight you're gonna get your own personal reading from the author. By now we have lost the tiny sense of peace we created for ourselves. Our composure is an idea long gone, reflected in the grinding of our teeth and locked jaws. If you are, excuse me, if you are still holding up, trying to meditate, I invite you to fall down. Fall down on the earth. Come down here and smell the sweat of terror on your skin, overpowering the scent of agar wood. Come down on all fours and greet the darkness that reeks of death, reaches out its desperate hand and asks to be loved as much as we love the light it gives. Come down here on this earth and breathe for those gasping for air. Hear each scream as a bell that never stops ringing. Bury your face in the mud of this intimate place, in this shared disease and tragedy. If you have nothing to say, now is the time for the deeper silence, home that does not apologize or seek something kind to say. And yet the deeper silence is not quiet. It whispers in the dark and wakes you from the nightmares. Come down here and be still on the earth. Let loose, not get rid of, but let loose shame, rage, guilt, grief, pain, and make a river of it. Let's not forget it, make a river of it. It's okay to have it and then make a river of it. Come down here, catch the love poems hidden in the shouting. Watch the unfolding of the seasons from the ground. Look up at the sky. Watch the unfolding of the seasons from the ground. And look up at the sky. And when it hurts from being down here so long, roll over and see what you couldn't see from the other side. Breathe out loud. No particular posture needed. Fall down onto the earth. Fall off your soft cushions. Come down here.
come down here where the only lullaby tonight will be the sound of your heart drumming the songs you were born with. Thank you. And I'm gonna ring the bell to end this continuous practice this evening of meditation and words. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our programs are made possible by the donations we receive. Please help us to continue to realize and actualize the practice of giving by offering your financial support. For more information, visit sfzc.org and click Giving. May we fully enjoy the Dharma.